0: This is Liz Tinkham and welcome to Third Act, a podcast about people embracing the third act of their lives with a new sense of purpose and direction. The third act begins when your script ends, but your show's just not finished. Welcome to the season one recap of the Third Act podcast. Today, I'm thrilled to be joined by my two interns, Olivia Sun and Olivia Battinson. Welcome. Thank you.
1: Hi Liz, thank you for having us.
0: Um, so I, this is really fun. So I thought we'd have a quick recap to discuss what we learned from our terrific guest and where we're headed in season two. So both of you joined the podcast and have been terrific assets and have highlighted over multiple weeks, some of the highs of wh- what we've learned from our guests, et cetera. But I am curious, how did we even get you both to become our intern. So Olivia Sun, and I think it's really funny you're both named Olivia. But anyway, so Olivia son, how did how is it that you ended up as an intern for the Third Act podcast and the Athena lights?
1: <laughs> it's a funny story. I'm actually on a gap year right now. I graduated high school in spring during Covid, and I was like, "What should I do during my gap year? And so I'm going to Stanford next fall and I got in touch with the the interviewer that I had for my Stanford interview. And she was like, oh, like there's this really cool organization called Athena and you're interested in women's issues and also business. So this could be a cool place for you. Um, and then here I am.
0: Ah, oh, great. Olivia Pattinson.
2: Nice. Yeah. I am a senior at the University of Washington Foster School of Business and I am in the sales program. So part of that includes a practicum, which is an internship in the sales realm, but I Studying marketing, and they thought that would be a better fit. So, I uh, landed a position in marketing with Athena and then perfectly timed it with Liz starting her podcast. So,
0: ah, well, it's been really fun working with both of you. You know, neither one of you really fit the demographic profile that I outlined for the third act podcast. I mean, let's just say you're significantly younger, but you have both brought forward so many interesting things. And so, I thought it'd be great. Understand the guests from your lens. So, Olivia's son, did you have a favorite episode and why?
1: Oh, that's a tough question. Um, I definitely had a lot of favorites, but one of the ones that really stuck with me was Anne Deborah Mills. I remember listening to her episode for the first time and just so many things that she said resonated with me really deeply. The non-transactional relationships, um, the fact that she lives life non-linearly, that was all really meaningful to me, especially because a reason why I took my gap year in the first place was because I felt like I didn't know what linear career path I wanted to take. Um, I felt like I was kind of lost. But hearing Anne's story gave me a little bit more hope as in you don't need to have necessarily just one thing to be passionate about. Yeah, you can kind of have multiple things that you love to do and exploration is okay.
0: What about you, Olivia Battinson? Do you have a favorite episode? Yeah, it's hard to pick a favorite.
2: But I think, again, one that stands out to me is uh, Michelle Benincourt's because...
0: The elephant in the room.
2: Yes, the elephant in the room, just beyond that, even though just talking about a double life and how I think everyone to a certain extent is super busy these days and has all these things going on. And it's hard to really pick one thing to identify with and say, okay, I'm going to learn from all these sets of experiences and have them all encompassed into the one person that I am and really being vulnerable and candid with the audience was something that I really admired and related to.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. She she was absolutely terrific. What about in terms of impactful learnings? I mean, both of you are at the very early stages of your second act. I mean, actually, Olivia son, you're still in your first act. Yeah. <laughs> Olivia Battenson, you're about to start your second act. Um, anything, Olivia B., anything impactful that you learned that you're going to take with you?
2: Yeah. I really liked Coach Peterson's uh, discussion about success and math when he talked to Rosalind I was the ultimate just glory moment that actually wasn't what he expected. And just it's kind of a reminder for everyone to just check in with yourself and say, well, there are all these extrinsic motivators and labels of success. What does it really mean to you? And are you sticking on your own path? I think that's really important.
0: Yeah. What about you, olivia Son? Hmm. I loved Olivia
1: B's. That was that was a great one. One that really resonated with me is um, Kim Alexis Newton. In her episode, she said one of the best pieces of advice she got was listen to everyone, then listen to no one. Um, I think it's so powerful. It's very simple, but I think oftentimes it's hard to balance others' advice with, with your own heart and your own head. Uh, so I think that Advice allows us to make a decision based on the advice that will really like hits you the most.
2: Okay, Liz, I have a question for you. What did you um, resonate with the most? And maybe on the flip side, what was a story that gave you totally new perspective?
0: You know, I learned so much from all of my guests, but what resonated with me was two things. One, the giving back. Every single guest was giving back in some way, shape or form. And I think I kind of knew that going in that because everybody had a successful career that, you know, they would have some inkling, but it was just so clear, right? And maybe it's my own self-selection of who I picked. And they were giving back in so many different ways, right? Like Kate Eisler and gender equity... Steve Wilcox and working with the Archdiocese of Oakland, you know, today's episode of Coach Peterson and what he's doing with other coaches and students. So and football players, I mean, it was just incredible to see that. And then the second thing was everyone was such a self-starter and, you know, had a moment in their life where maybe they had a choice to make or something didn't go right and they pushed through it. I mean, Anne Devereaux Mills, Olivia Sun, you mentioned her and the whole triple threat of cancer and losing her job and her youngest going off to college. But then she yeah, moved, totally. at the, moved at the same time, right? And so it was more of a quadruple threat. And yet she moved and she sort of, Gave herself a little bit of time. She didn't know anybody in San Francisco, but then she started Parley House, right? I'm like, how, does, how do people do that? Or Kim <laughs> Newton starting, you know, writing her book, The Intentional Pause, which I'm working through. And it's just, it's so beautiful and it's so well-written. And so uh, my guests have been very inspirational to me. So it's been fun, fun to do. I feel though. like
2: when you have, even just asking the questions, I've kind of gathered throughout the episodes that you have this idea of a third act for yourself. Do you know? I do.
0: What's coming next for you? Well, I and I've mentioned this. Nick, I think this whole podcast was a very selfish way for me to figure out what my third act would be. But I am working on it. And what I've learned is a couple of things. One is I I had thought about maybe going back to work and, and it's not completely out, right? But I had a great job. I loved it. I don't necessarily need to work full-time anymore. But two things, you know, so maybe I through the process of elimination, I might have eliminated that because what I would really love to do is something very philanthropic where I give my time, talent, and treasure to an organization or a cause that needs it, but I want to do it with my husband, right? And there, one other current that was flowing through this was the role of the significant other. And I think we're going to explore more of that in season two because there was a lot going on behind the scenes. We just didn't get a chance to pick up on that in season one. And so I want to figure out something that John and I can do together because we're retired together and our kids have left the house, and so it's either us or nobody, right? So we're working. We're working on that. When you think about anything, really surprised you, Olivia? Son, any surprises when you were listening to different episodes?
1: Looking back, Jamie Hunt's story was was very inspiring. Um she started her own distillery business, Fast Penny Spirits. And I have just so much respect for her to mm-hmm. craft the perfect recipe in two years, like quitting her job to really pursue a passion, one that it like pays homage to her Sicilian heritage. Um, and especially starting this business in a very male-dominated industry that's just extremely, extremely inspiring. Yeah. Um, I'm not even of drinking age yet, but <laughs> okay, I would love to meet her and I would love to try her tomorrow.
0: <laughs> just listening
1: to that episode, I was like, wow, I would really love to have a drink. <laughs>
0: when COVID is over, we want to have an event over at Fast Penny Spirits. So we'll make sure you're invited. Oh, so, right. yeah, Maybe after your so 21st exciting. birthday. <laughs> what about you? <laughs> what about you, Olivia Madison? What yeah. su- anything surprise you?
2: Well, I'm just thinking about it being like yesterday was International Women's Day and kind of channeling the empowerment It's just coursing through everyone that day. Um, I actually saw more social media posts than I've ever seen, which is super exciting. But Kate Eisler, I think, was the most shocking or evoked the most surprise for me because she talked about how she had no experience in the technical area, working for Microsoft. She was a woman. She had a family. And she just kind of said, you know what, I'm going to take this opportunity, move to the Middle East in Dubai. And it was the 90s. So totally like the forerunner for women and really just spearheading that in the tech world, I feel like being an inspiration to people today who can say, you know, I might not be an expert, but I'm just going to shoot my shot and make it happen. And I think it was amazing to see how that was so big now or so big back then. And then now it's becoming more normal, at least.
0: It, it was unheard of when she did it. it, it yeah, it, it, She and she just published a book that came out this past week called Breaking Borders. And it, she really goes into detail. It's a very funny book. I recommend reading it because she had so many crazy adventures, especially she grew up in a motel and she didn't finish oh, no college. Wait, she grew up in a motel. She didn't finish college. She drove herself to her driver's test and got her license oh, and, you know, walked into Microsoft <laughs> after being a like, printer like you know when they used to print pictures at like walgreens yeah a print shop person and something else and that's how she got it but that was a <laughs> interesting thing about microsoft back then is they were growing so fast and they were willing to give smart ambitious people a chance. and then she you know she took the leap to go to the middle east which is again unheard of for a woman with a husband and children to move over there and she was very successful so great story
2: There's a common thread that I've seen, which is the global aspect of careers. Like how many people have a presence in multiple continents is just astounding to me. And I
1: think that's how you learn for sure. Like hearing multiple perspectives, whether that's from different cultural backgrounds, gender backgrounds, racial backgrounds, I think it's all super important. And I think a lot of the guests really showed that through their stories as well. And Liz, let's turn this question back on you. Do you have um, a story that really surprised you, Liz?
0: Uh, you mean from one of the guests? Yeah, yes. Oh gosh, there were so many. The story, the I think the story I love the most was the, what Judy Spitz told when she was the CIO at Verizon and she was in succession planning. And this used to happen to me all the time too. And we'd be looking at a slate of candidates and you'd be like, okay, where are the women? Where are the people of color? Like, we got to get the slate going. And and she realized there were not no women. And here she was, the CIO. And she said, she looked around. She's like, well, somebody needs to do something about it. And when you're the CIO or you're a very senior person, you know, I used to kid myself. Like, Liz, you need to do something about it. And I'm going to go talk to Liz about it. Now, okay, Liz, what are you going to do about it? Like, you're it, right? And because yeah. you're the boss and you're a senior. And she... She said the Calvary wasn't coming to save her. So what did she do? She founded Breakthrough Tech, right? Through working with the senior leadership at Verizon and City College in New York and Cornell uh, Tech Ed. And now it's a national phenomenon to get more women into tech. And, you know, that just so resonated with me in terms of seeing the problem and then taking the initiative again, self-starting to, to fix it. I just I just love that story. Did you, I mean, we had we featured a lot of really great women, really extraordinary, striving women. What did you learn as a woman? Were you here on International Women's Day in terms of women at work? Anything significant about being a woman that you learned? I'll start with you, Olivia son, a woman career woman, I should say.
1: For sure. I mean, first of all, I just want to start off by saying that just being in the Athena Alliance community has inspired me a lot um, to see what so many women are capable of in, in the business world and even outside the business world in their personal lives. Taking control is definitely a, a huge theme. Confidence is definitely number one. Um, a lot of it is self-doubt, and I think that really becomes a lot of women's biggest barrier. Um, I definitely struggled that with myself. Um, A lot of my female friends have struggled with that as well. And I've heard that from some of the third act guests too. And I think it's just really letting yourself trust your instincts and having the courage to speak up when something is wrong, even if that might hurt men's feelings, you know, like it is your, it is your right to be able to speak up when things are not, are not right. And I think that as a whole, um, women are becoming more outspoken, which is definitely a, uh, it's definitely a move in the right direction for
0: mm-hmm. sure. I don't think I ever learned the lesson not to be outspoken, but go ahead. What about <laughs> you? <laughs> if you ask some of my male friends, what about you, Olivia Battison?
2: Yeah, well, I'm a big sports junkie. So teamwork has been my number one thing and, uh, also have a brother. So navigating the boy part of that is definitely innate <laughs> now. Um, but I think just Working together, like none of these women would have been here without support of other mm-hmm. women who we don't even know. And Oh, you're right. Absolutely. So I think that's something that's really important to highlight and just continue to go back on, like whether it's saying "Oprah Winfrey, you're amazing!" Like happy International Women's Day, like retweeting her stuff. That's awesome. But also like sending a picture of your mom and saying, "Mom, thank you for just impacting my life in so many ways I can't even tell you." So um, acknowledging that it really is a team effort and everyone has a role and it's only going to get better if we're all on board.
0: Yeah. One of the folks that I really loved was Heather Redmond talking about her daughter kind of pushing her at one point saying, Hey mom, what do you really do? And, and she was like, woke up and thought, I gotta, you know, get my act going. So she picks two things, one to get, to get very involved in Seattle, which I, I like to kid her that she should be the next mayor. But then secondly, really supporting women in technology because she had been a lawyer and gotten into technology and, and figuring out what is the very best way to do that. And the best way to do that is where the money is. So what does she do? She goes off and launches the venture fund. This is what I mean by these self-starters. It's like she realized that that would be the best way to bring women up, which would be to find women founders and fund them and then push more women into becoming, you know, tech entrepreneurs and CEOs. And it's just an amazing story. You
2: know, this also makes me think of how people say to unlearn everything you've learned after five years old. And I think it kind of is true. Like you got to find your voice. You got to figure out how to talk. Once you know how to do that, you kind of read your audience. When is it appropriate? When is it not? But then from that, you just kind of got to trust your gut and move forward. And
0: or Or Angela Jones saying she was the aggressive voice and then she had a passive voice and now she's strategic voice. I love that too. So, and I know her so well I can see it. Last question, and we can all ask each other this, and I think we're gonna do a little lightning round. Dream guest for season two.
1: Okay, I um, immediately one person comes to my mind. I was recently watching the Australian Open. I'm a tennis player and um, Serena Williams, she is an icon. It's really interesting, her story, because she, first of all, she's been in, like, a competitor playing pro tennis tournaments and basically at the top of her game for, oh gosh, like, 20, over 20 years. I mean, she's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, she's 39 years old, but she also kind of is is starting to transition into her third act. Um, She's a businesswoman. She has, like, her fashion line. She has her jewelry line. She has a venture uh, capital firm too. Like she's really doing it all. And I don't know how she balances it to be honest. She's a mother as well, but I would just love to talk to her and see what's going on in her mind. I feel like she would just have so many valuable things to, that we can all learn from.
0: Yeah. I, you know, I would love to get Quay Quay on as well. Do you know? Oh, Olivia? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's great. I would pick her too. Cause I'm a huge fan of hers. So can you start working on that?
2: Oh yeah. Your yeah free time? I'm on it. I'm on it. Liz. Good.
0: Good. What about you, Olivia B? Who would be your dream guest?
2: Yeah, I think, oh, this is a toughie. I immediately thought of Meghan Markle just because she has so much guts to just really open up about being vulnerable and kind of the challenges of not fitting in and how do you navigate that? But that's
0: not necessarily. Well, she's kind of uh, in her third act with what she and Harry are going to do.
2: Yeah. move to California and Yeah. Although it's not a traditional career, but I think again, it would add to the diversity of thought. Liz, what about you? Oh, mine would
0: be Barack and Michelle Obama.
2: Now. Okay. So
0: I, we kind of see what they're doing in their third act, but there's probably more there and well, thank you both. I've so enjoyed having both of you as my interns. I know you have to go on to other things, uh, but you'll always be a part of third act season one. Thank you, both. Thank
2: you so much, Liz. This has been an honor to work with you. Thank you, Liz.
0: Hi, this is Liz Tinkham. Thanks so much for joining me on the first season of the Third Act podcast. We're going to take a short break to get ready for season two. Please follow me on LinkedIn to understand what's coming up in season two and drop me any notes of guests you might want to hear from. Thanks again. Bye-bye.